Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. Sonny Ship will be along in just a second. We're here to break down another position group, two position groups, actually, offensive line and briefly tight end uh, for LSU ahead of spring practices beginning on Tuesday, the 16th of March. And we want to go through the tight end position quickly with you guys on this podcast, uh, whereas we've been really breaking them down position by position on the pods. But there's really not much to talk about in terms of the tight end position. So we're going to lead off with the tight ends before heading off into the offensive line, which has plenty uh, to talk about heading into spring ball. Uh, Sonny, thanks for joining the pod. The tight end position for me is is one that you you are obviously missing Eric Gilbert who was one of the best freshman tight ends to come through college football in the last probably decade. His production, his athleticism, size, all those things. He's out the door in the transfer portal and back in the transfer portal after committing to Florida. But let's focus on the future. Cole Taylor really got the praise of DJ Mangus on the coach's caravan uh, on Wednesday night. Just really saying how he needs to fill out that 6-7 frame of his. But if you watched him at moments as he was coming on late in the season, Cole Taylor is is really a, kind of a bright spot out of that 2020 class where he came out of literally the middle of nowhere, Colorado, as the first uh, who's believed believed to be the first player LSU signed out of Colorado. Yeah, and I mean, how could you not how could you not recognize Cole Taylor for his uh, for his valuable contribution in that Florida game? You know. I mean, think about it. Where's LSU at right now? If Cole Taylor's shoes or t- shoe is tied into <laughs> a knot, and uh, and uh, Marco the dummy Wilson, it was Marco Wilson, right? Believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get it off of his foot to hurl it downfield, man. But uh, no, no. In in all seriousness, though, uh, you know, Eric Gilbert was the guy that everybody talked about for good and for good reason. Get the highest ranked tight end in twenty four seven sports history. And all of that, just, you know, just so much talent. And Taylor kind of flew under the radar. And so, uh, but when you go back and when you look at what Taylor accomplished in high school, I mean, he played, he basically played the same position that Gilbert did, which was more of a wide receiver than a tight end. He's got that tall frame. He's starting to fill it, get, fill it out now a little bit. And, uh, and, and I think he is going to be a big weapon. I think he's going to be a big weapon because Jake Peets is, is going to utilize the tight end. You now you don't have Gilbert, and you know from a you hate to you know you hate to look at Gilbert leaving uh, leaving LSU as sour grapes. But on one hand, you know you lose a guy with immense talent, but then on the other, you know, but then again, you lose you know you you don't have a guy around the program and in the locker room that obviously has a lot on his plate and has a lot to figure out. You know, entering the transfer portal twice in about a three month. Uh, time period after you, you know, after you commit to an, another school, 
I mean, that for me, that for me, that's a red flag. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's a red flag that that the kid is a bad kid or anything like that. But it's a red flag when you look at it from a team and from a program perspective. And so I hope he goes somewhere, um, you know, where he doesn't, you know, doesn't have to play LSU, doesn't torch them. Hope he goes somewhere and has a good career. But I think Tiger fans should just turn the page on Gilbert. I know that we have and focus on what you have. And I think Cole Taylor is going to uh, is going to help people a lot with that. Yeah, that that shoe throw from Marco Wilson will go down in infamy for Florida fans and certainly just become a part of uh, the the lore of that. LSU-Florida rivalry and and a part of the 2-0 finish down the stretch for LSU. And I'm with you. I think Cole Taylor, he was he was just asked to do non-tight end things for his for his school in high school, uh, flew under the radar. But, man, that size and, you know, the tight end position, he, I mean, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Foster Moreau. I mean, that, that size, uh, he's even got a little bit more of it, I think, than Foster even has. But he just has that natural size that you like at the position. He could block. Uh, he's shown the ability to catch the ball and, and make plays in the passing game. I, I think he's going to be a nice piece. And look, the the two signees, Jalen Sheed and and Jack Bash, who could end up being a little bit of a tight end if 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 they want to move him uh, into kind of like a Evan Ingram type of you know tight end position role, uh, he can factor in. Uh, but other than that, it's a lot of walk ons, and so. I'm just interested to see who they roll out there at the tight end position outside of Cole Taylor in the spring game and who the new names are uh, to really know who who might become maybe the Josh Wilson uh, or excuse me, the Josh uh, Williams of that group had Marco Wilson, Josh Wilson, uh, Williamson or Williams in my head there. Um, but Josh w- Williams, uh, the running back who came on for LSU late in the year, who's a, a walk on. Um, but I want to focus on the offensive line more than anything. And I think a lot of LSU fans will agree this position group really underachieved. And I think COVID really hurt them, obviously, not having a, a typical offseason. LSU lost a lot of the offensive linemen, almost all of them, uh, at one point for about a 10-day stretch in fall camp. They really weren't able to do anything. And so they had to play themselves into shape. Um, they, they underwhelmed in general early in the year. But they came on well enough uh, for LSU to finish 2-0, uh, down the stretch and for them to have some really nice offensive showings LSU was one of the better passing offenses in the country last year uh, just overall and you return all five starting offensive linemen and some guys who have played a lot others that have started in in spots as well what's your outlook for this group Sonny and and we saw what bringing back a whole group can do in 2019 and I think it's going to be tough for those guys these guys to match that group obviously in terms of their play but there's got to be some some optimism around year two as this group starts together again. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I think you I think you have to I think you look at it and you have to be excited that, uh, you know, that you've got so many people back and. You know, I'm, I'm a stats geek and everything. And, and you mentioned the 2019 offensive line and. I bet you would have never thought this, that, you know, LSU in 2019, the LSU offensive line wins the Joe Moore award. Three guys go on, get drafted. You lose four starters. You know, everybody, harp, you know, really hammered offensive line coach James Craig in 2020. But that 2019 unit gave up 2.33 sacks a game. And in 2020, they only gave up 2.5. Would you have ever thought that without just like looking at the stat sheet? 
No, not at all. The way the way not at all, huh? No, no, the way they were under pressure at certain times. I mean, you just wouldn't have thought that for one second. No, no, no. And so when you think when you think about the job that that Craig did of piecing things together, and you know, you are breaking in four new starters, but I think we all touched on this when we when we kind of did our little roundtable on the offensive line, looking ahead for the spring, is that you lost four starters, but you know that that number is a little is a little misleading because you got you got a guy like uh like Dara Rosenthal who started some key games for LSU in 2019. You had him at the left tackle spot. Austin Deculus was a three-year starter at right tackle. Liam Shanahan started 30 straight games at Harvard. Granted it was it was not at center, but he slid into that center position. And then Ed Ingram started as a true freshman. He started, I want to say 11 or 12 games as a true freshman. So you had some experience, you had some experience, uh, coming back and everything, but you, uh, you know, you didn't, for me, that position right there, that and the defensive line were the two areas that when you looked at LSU on the field or even just standing on the sidelines, the first thing that goes through your mind is not, man, those guys are big. It's like, man, those guys are seriously overweight. And I think winning the national championship, um, you know, some of the uh, several of them probably got a little a little too complacent. And then when you tack on the COVID restrictions of not being able to hit the gym and not being able to work out, but more so of getting complacent because every other school in the country had to deal with the COVID issues of not being able to get in the gym, too. And we saw plenty of teams where their offensive line came out and were strengths. And so and so going into this spring right here you really hope and and so far i've heard very i've heard good things about the offensive line and really about the team in general of how serious they took the off-season conditioning program you know the fourth quarter program leading up to the spring and and i think you're going to see it you know i think you're going to see it and and if that's if, if what we've heard pans out and if if that continues throughout the summer because the summer month is when these guys are going to really shed some pounds that's when they're going to that's when they'll have about a good solid three and a half months of just, you know, grinding in that Louisiana heat and that Louisiana humidity. And uh, and, and that will def, that will definitely uh, shrink some of those bellies. Right. I think the, the as much of anything, it, it came down to conditioning and where the guys were at going into uh, the 2020 season, which is why they just took a lot of time to get get it together quite frankly. But I think one thing for me that I look at when I look at this group and from left to right, you got Dare Rosenthal, Ed Ingram, Liam Shanahan, Chase on Hines and Austin Deculus. I'm interested to see if there's anybody that can challenge some of those guys. Can Chase on Hines be challenged? We saw Cam Wire take some snaps uh, when I believe he was hurt towards the end of the season. He started a couple games if I recall uh, correctly. And then at left tackle, obviously Cam Wire also stepped in there. But you had guys like Marlon Martinez and Xavier Hill out of the 2020 class that that actually played uh, a, a good amount. And then you have the 2019 class of offensive linemen, Thomas Perry, Cardell Thomas, Anthony Bradford, uh, Charles Turner, uh, that, are, that are taking a little bit more time to develop, whether it be injuries or getting their weight together those are all question marks. And so there's some, I'm interested to see, and I don't think we see it during spring, but can we start to see the wheels start to turn for some of those 2019 and 2020 guys uh, that kind of got a taste of playing time 
uh, last year or, um, you know, have really had strong off seasons and have, have, have turned the corner. I'm interested to see which positions are really up for grabs. I think when you look at Dare Rosenthal, he is your prototypical left tackle that you want. But we all know he's had the consistency issues of off the field stuff. Um, he was not in shape to start the season by any means. Uh, he was probably actually one that I was, it was most, most you know, obvious that he wasn't uh, in good enough shape, but he's still very talented. Cam Wire kind of in that similar, similar mold though, basketball player in high school added the weight uh, to get up to probably what he, what, what he's at right now, which is about 285, 290 pounds. I would imagine uh, probably even North of that, um, you know, by the end of the summer, those guys, can they push, can they challenge, can they continue to kind of come on uh, and, and find roles on this offensive line? Uh, because there is some young talent on campus that just hasn't turned the corner yet, but, especially in that 2020 class, they've gotten a little bit of a taste of playing time and the potential to push some of these older guys. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, and, uh, you know, and also, you know, we've got to remember too, we've got Garrett Dellinger, a top hundred offensive tackle who enrolled early for the spring. And so having him, having him in there too, I think is going to, is going to help push, uh, you know, push some of these guys who, who have been there for a little while, but, you know, for me, the, 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 I guess when you start looking at the from a competitive aspect, LSU's deepest area along the offensive line is the interior, particularly at the guard position, uh, where you've got you've got uh, you know you've got Ed Ingram who is entrenched at one of those guard spots, whether he sticks to the left or the right side. And then you have Chase and Hines who, you know, when we talk about conditioning and having to play himself into shape, he's a guy that you, that, that you circle right there. Then you have Marlon Martinez, like you mentioned, you have Xavier Hill, but then you got three other guys from that 2019 class, Cardell Thomas, Anthony Bradford, and Thomas Perry. You know, all of those guys were, uh, you know, were north of 335 last year. And, uh, you know, for Bradford and, and even Cardell, that's, that's kind of being generous. And so you've got a lot of bodies right there. You've got a lot of guys who, you know, who had stellar high school careers, but have not been able to, you know, to so far to translate that into the instant impact type uh, type of player that that some people bestowed on them coming out of high school. And so you've really got a lot of guys right there. You've got a lot of bodies, you know, with LSU so deep on the interior of the defensive line, you know, you wonder if Joseph Evans is one of those guys that you see cross-trained. Um, Ed Orgeron last year even talked about a guy, he was a guy that could play both ways in a game uh, for, you know, during the season. <laughs> so, and you don't usually see, very rarely have you seen a guy play on the defensive line and then flip over and play on the offensive line you know, in a game on the college level. So anxious to see what, uh, you know, where he ends up playing at in the spring. But you've really got to, you know, you've got a lot of guys competing for competing at that spot right there. And you know, in a perfect world, all of those guys just come in in the best shape that they've ever been in in Baton Rouge. And you really get to see the, you know, you really start to see a push right there because, the spring and summer is when the, you know, the transfer portal really starts to kind of heat up, um, you know, entering the season. And I think that, you know, that when you, 
you don't you hate to mention names, but when you look at positions to where you could possibly see some attrition because guys haven't made their move or they think the pastures green or someone else somewhere else you start looking at at areas where you actually where you do have a lot of depth and i think on the offensive line it would be that interior yeah you make a great point uh, about the interior i think that's your strength uh the the tackles i i would say most likely you know pretty thin uh can xavier hill or will he stay there uh can xavier hill you know be a reliable backup like cam wire was last year uh we'll see he played some offensive tackle Marlon Martinez uh, has played all over from what we've heard. So th this group, you know, it, the spring's a really good time to tinker around, uh, but they do have five uh, returning starters coming back. And that is a good thing for LSU to return that group, uh, which came on late uh, to help LSU finish off the season strong. Spring football is just around the corner, guys. It begins on Tuesday, March 16th. We'll have your coverage as best we can. We don't know if we'll be allowed in just yet, but as media availabilities and tidbits and talks with sources heat up, be sure to subscribe to Go 24-7 for all the latest, whether it's interviews with players and coaches or behind-the-scenes tidbits about who's making a move in spring ball. We'll keep you guys all up to date, whether it's annual for 30% off or subscribe for just a buck for your first month. We encourage you guys to check those out. And also subscribe to the Go 24-7 podcast wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We previewed the entire offensive side of the ball now. On the next edition of the podcast, we're going to the defensive side of the ball. We'll do that to kick off the beginning of spring ball next week. So stay with us on the Go 24-7 podcast and have a great weekend, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.